Manos, como vai? You know how I've been feeling? Cramps, cramps, what do you do? Gonna take some Tylenol and not feel blue. Cramps, cramps, what do you say? Please, you motherfucker, go away. Hi. Hey, jaded, jaded, like you anticipated. Hey, haters gonna hate it, and yeah, it's X-rated. Let my words get you faded. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá. I have cramps. Oh, it's the best to be a woman, isn't it? You know, it's like nobody tells you all the stuff that's gonna happen. You just kind of go like, oh, new problem, new solution every day. Our face is just made of bathing suit material. It just goes over time, just loses its like elasticity. <laughs> I'm just an old bathing suit. I got washed too many times. Hey guys, hey, hi, oi oi. I miss you guys. I, I'm so sorry again. I missed last week. It's the first one that I've missed. It felt really weird, but I shot my special, A Jade is a Jade, named by Mr. Stevie Weeby. Um, and I loved it and it was the most incredible experience of my life, but it drained my fucking soul out. <laughs> like I am still, I'm still decompressing from it. I honestly, it was the most beautiful experience of my life, but it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Just producing it all together was so fucking hard. We had a rehearsal at Jam in the Van the day before and it was like 80 degrees out. We all got burnt. We're all under the sun all day, but Jam in the Van is this great venue because there's all this fake grass and it's outside, and so there's all these beautiful butterflies and ladybugs everywhere, and Dan, my composer, had a great theory. He's like, there's no birds here because there's so many people and it's enclosed, so all the bugs feel really safe here, and I was like, good theory, yes, but I just thought, I was like, uh, I'm Snow White because honestly, my grandma used to call me Borbolechina, which means little butterfly. I have a little butterfly tattoo on my arm because of that and she used to call me ladybug too and she had all these little ladybug magnets on her fridge and that's like one of my very vivid memories of her and they were just like ladybugs and I was like oh my grandma's with me I know that's so cheesy um and we did two shows and the 7:30 one, it was still light out and all the industry people were there all my reps and all my good friends that are in the industry and stuff and it was like very overwhelming seeing them all in the audience I, I felt like I was like having a fever dream you know when you have one of those dreams and it's like everyone is in the audience and you're fucking naked but yeah I did the show but I have to admit the first show was not as good for me I kept having this thought like oh my god they're laughing at you because they feel bad for you and they're just here because they're they feel bad for you which is like insane like the negative self-talk is like who am i rose burns on physical if you haven't seen it watch it it's so intense so yeah we did this first show went well pretty it went very solid at the time for me i was like that was great and then i uh, did the second show and it was like an out-of-body experience and then of course my fucking broken little brain was like the first show wasn't as good and all the industry people saw that one But um, it was magical. So there's all the butterflies and all the ladybugs during the rehearsal. And then we walk out and there's a fucking bunny there. And jamming the van's like off Pico. You know, it's a kind of a bizarre area. It was just a little bunny just hopping across the street. And I had seen bunnies before at my shows, which is like a bizarre other story. But then we got home from the Uber and there was a fucking skunk. So my theory was correct. I'm like, I have become Snow White. Honestly, this thing just happened so bizarrely. Like I've wanted to do a special forever, but I just never like really believed in myself enough. And then when honestly I got the idea for this, like I couldn't stop myself. Like everyone was like, hey, ch chill, like test it out for another year. I'm like, no, it has to be done now. Like I felt like this like weird spirit come through me, you know, and I was like, I have to do it now. So we did it. It was just incredible and got incredible. Like the energy, just seeing all my friends and Man, I can't wait to show you guys. I hope it turns out cool. What if I watch it? And I'm like, oh my God, this is garbage. <laughs> you know, I was really surprised too. Like all my friends that I really care about came out and really like they were really there. I mean, my friends really fucking showed up. My dad bought 10 tickets. It was funny because one of his friends was in the audience and I have all these songs about, you know, like dating my dad and stuff. And I'm like, I swear to God, if you tell me my, if you tell my dad about this, I'm going to fucking kill you. So it was fun having having that and just like having the energy of the whole fucking band behind me. I mean, the dream is that I tour with it and we make it like a touring show, you know, that would be sick. But it honestly drained my soul out. Like the day after I was like, did I pull it? And then obviously my boyfriend pulled his back out doing nothing. He was just talking to the Scholar brothers and just like, Gah. and it was just so cool seeing people's reaction to it. You know, a lot of women came up to me and they were like, Oh, so relatable. 
And I love that word because I always felt so underrepresented when it came to like hearing jokes and feeling like every joke was about me. I was like, oh my God, finally, I'm going to be out there for equal rights for women to poop and fart. (laughs) Equal rights for farts for women. (laughs) But it was beautiful. It was a magical fucking day. And then you know, I was drained, but it was um, my best friend's birthday, Nicole, and she loves going fishing. And you know, I love a fishing opportunity. So we went out there and we went fishing and I was like still so tired from everything, but it was so nice to be out in the ocean, saw some dolphins and it was like very crowded. Like our lines kept getting caught with one another, but it was just like, oh, it was fucking incredible. A lot of rock fish. And I don't know if a lot of you guys um, fish, but I'm into it. And um, we were doing deep sea fishing, which is like kind of the easiest one. You just put it out there. You let it drop all the way down. It takes like 45 seconds because it's pretty fucking deep. And uh, and then when you feel a little tug, we would be like, fish on, fish on, fish on. It was so exciting. It was such a bonding experience. And then to then take our labor of love from the day and then we make a little fish fry at the end. I mean, uh, how beautiful is that? It's Nicole's tradition. It's awesome. Like... When I first met her, she invited me to this fish fry and she had gone to Alaska with her dad and they had caught this like humongous halibut or maybe it was a tuna or something, but they froze it and like sent it to LA and I was just like, what? That's so crazy. Like our parents, you know, they're all so different. They're all trying their best, but I'm like, damn dad, not one fishing trip. We got to do this. Yeah. It's fun to see, you know, how people grew up. There are different traditions for birthdays because she like hates her birthday so much and I love birthdays. I'm like another year a lap, another lap around the sun. Look at me. I mean, nobody likes aging again. I don't want to be like a wrinkled bathing suit, but yeah, went fishing. I only caught a couple. There was a kid there with his dad and he's like, yep, you know, I already bought the two older sons when they turned 12 and it's it's his turn, but it was COVID. So I couldn't. And I was like, oh my God, how cute. And it was cute. And I just was like staring into the ocean being like, tell me what to do next. Because, you know, the whole reason I did this special was to kind of like burn these jokes out and write new jokes. And I like want to feel inspired, but I feel so drained. Like I had just a really emotional day yesterday and then I had to go do two spots and uh, I had like no energy. I had shitty spots. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of ate shit and I felt bad. I was like, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I don't even want to be here. I'm tired. And you can really tell when I don't connect because it's like you're not making eye contact. People don't care about you. And there was like some young comics at this one show. And so I was like, ah, oh, damn it. They got like a bad, bad preview of what I do. But I don't know. We do way better than we think we do. You know, we just think we suck. But yeah, um, I was realizing that I just like need to get real and start new writing new material. But I'm like, I don't want to. It's so hard. It really does take a little chunk of your soul away. It really does. When you do it, you're like, you're like, here it is here's my soul. And then you get no laughter back. It's like, fuck you. It's like when you smile at a stranger and they don't smile back at you, you're like, fuck you, dude. But yeah, we had fun after the fish fry. She had a little birthday party. And I love being just around hot artists and me being like, I'm a comic. I feel so different. You know, like I'm so used to just being around comics all the time. It's so fun to be like, oh my, they're like so excited about it. I'm like, yeah, it almost makes me like it more. And, um, yeah, it's around being, it's fun being around friends who are like momagers, you know, they're like, she just did this. I'm like, oh, stop. You know, I'm going to get to the bottom why of why I need validation so intensely. But then by the time I get there, it's like, yeah, no fun. But yeah, I feel bad for missing an episode and I feel like I'm not really making up where with this one, but I'm in my closet again. And you know what? It's time. I do have to announce some incredible news. I did just buy a new place. Yes. Um, I, it was only a million dollars and it is a one bed, one, uh, one room in somebody's mansion in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Dude, why are the prices so high for the housing market right now? It doesn't match. And then is Delta coming back? Is there a new coronavirus? Are we going to be shut down again? I can't handle this apartment anymore. You guys, it's got too much, too much COVID grossness on it already gotta move on oh my fucking cramps I wish men knew what it was like nothing would be open anytime my friend Ben was saying he was like we were just closed down and he's right like when you're young and you get a period you're like yes thank god I'm not fucking pregnant I don't even remember that guy's name remember when we did that and we didn't care we just sleep with some dude and be like well that was a mistake hope it didn't change the career of the rest of my life (laughs) I don't know why I said career. I meant to say like path, career path, and I don't fucked up. 
I don't know. I'm tired. I'm having a one of those strawberry lemonade things that are like crack from uh, Starbucks. Speaking of crack, honestly, you guys, I'm sorry. I keep going back to the special, but honestly, right after the special, I felt like I was on fucking crack. Like I was so wide awake. Like ugh, my body, my body was like jolting around. Like I was having these little like twitches, but I was like so exhausted all at the same time. It was nuts. I was like, this is what Whitney Houston felt like at all times, just awake, but like exhausted all at the same time. But ow. Um, I'm getting ready to go back out on the road, even though I'm dead, I'm just kind of gearing up. I love like packing. That's like, Ooh, it really does it for me. Like I love having all the, the right tools. Like my, something my dad instilled in me was when we were really young. I remember him like, I feel like I was like hammering something into a wall with like a shoe or something. And he was like, no, always have the right tool for the job. And I always think of that when I like gear up to do something, I'm like, I got to go get me some equipment. So I got a new vlogger kit. Things are starting back up with the podcast. I promise I'm going back out on the road. I'm going to be in Virginia with my niece, Emilia. It's very exciting because, you know, babies at first, they're like just these little like dumb blobs and it's, they're cute and they're fun. It's like, meh. but when they start reacting to you, oh my God, it's a whole other level. The intimacy. I mean, I see my sister's face in there. It's so cute. She's this tiny little face. And like, I'll look at her on FaceTime and I'll go like oh, da, 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 with my tongue and she'd like, she attempts it. She'll go like, oh my God, I can't wait to teach her all the dumb stuff. I just, I have all these musical playlists ready. So I'm going to go spend a week with her. And oh, you know, she's my niece because she fucking loves the mirror, found the mirror. And now when she sees herself in the mirror, she gives the biggest smile. Oh, it's so funny. It's so fun. Like everything we do shapes her. And I just want to go make like a little mark on her, like a little positive auntie mark, you know? Or she'll be like, I remember when I was four months old. Well, maybe not, but I will. And I'm in the market. I want to buy like a tiny little weird camera somewhere to like record everything because I saw the Val Kilmer trailer. It's so sad. He, he was diagnosed with throat cancer and he now talks about one of those little mechanisms, you know, where you have to press it for your neck where you're like, Ugh. and that's my literal nightmare. My nightmare is losing my voice because my voice is my tool. It's my instrument. It's my release. It's my therapy. It's what I used to make people happy. And I, I think he felt the same way. So I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I want to record more stuff, especially when I'm in Virginia. I want to record stuff. But so I'm going to Virginia and then I'm actually going to be in New York City. I'm really excited. I'm going to do my hour at the stand in the upstairs room. So if you guys are going to be around, please come. June 22nd. I haven't been back to New York since before COVID. And the last time I was there was really like, very emotional for me because I used to have an apartment with an ex. And so I went to release the apartment finally, you know, a lot of memories and I got like wasted and made out with this white dude who had dreadlocks and then like got strep throat because that's what you do. That's what happens when you make out with a dude who's white, who has dreadlocks. Okay. You're going to catch something. I got lucky. I'm glad I didn't get strep throat on my vagina. Is that a possibility? I, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to like write a new New York chapter. So if you guys are out, please come out. I'm going to be out all week doing stand-up from the 20th to the 24th. And then I'm going upstate for a wedding. Very excited. Taking a sip of this little ASMR moment. Mm. Starbucks, you pay too much, but it's good. I'm like obsessed with this pink mic now. I take it everywhere. And if I don't have it, I'm like, I'm not doing my set. <laughs> I just become a diva. I'm kidding. I'm still going to do my set no matter what. How have you guys been? Are you guys doing okay? Is everyone coming out? Is everyone back out dating? Doing all that weird shit? Is anybody okay? Is everybody melting? It's 80 degrees. The ocean is on fire. Did you guys see that? I mean, I, this is old news by now, but like, I just keep thinking of the picture, like the complex put up, you know, online, like I saw it. And I literally thought it was like a joke. Like somebody had just drawn it or like put it together on some kind of Photoshop. I'm like, what the fuck? The world is burning. The world is burning. And I'm like worried about whether people like my comedy. Like who cares? I want to, I want to, I'm still in the search. I'm still in this like mad search for self-worth. It's so wild that like, I'm still doing that. I'm 37. I'm like, but like if I don't want career stuff, like what do I want? Like, what is my personal life? I feel like we dehumanize ourselves so much for this business, you know? It's like you just kind of become this product. And you're like, I got to put this product out there. And if I don't get anything back, it drains me. And you're like, but what? Like, what makes me happy without any of this shit? 
And you would think that we would have used COVID, right? Like as a moment to like gather ourselves and learn like healthier habits. But no, it's all fucking out the window again. But yeah, I want to I take more time when I get back from this little trip to really focus on the podcast. We're finally going to be doing video again starting in August, hopefully. And uh, I reached out to Emerson, the college I went to, which I talk about way too much. I'm like, Emerson, Emerson. Um, reached out to Emerson to get an intern to help, you know, to come shoot. Because when you go there, you have like an internship that you have to pay for that you earn credit through that's supposed to help you with like wherever you're going next in life. And honestly, like I had all these friends that had jobs straight out of college. Like my roommate at the time was a production designer and she got a job for the dude who does all the target ads and like straight out of college, she had this fucking baller job. And I'm like, I work at a casting office and I bartend for three different companies. You know, I was like such a little fucking catering baby. And now there's a stand-up comedy major at Emerson, which I know I have mixed feelings about because I'm like, I mean, you have to learn from experience, you know? It's almost like, I don't know. I can't tell how I feel about it. I want to make fun of people for doing that. But I also love like, I love an academic approach to what we do because honestly, like I feel like oftentimes if I was just like writing jokes, taping my sets, turning those in, getting feet, like I would be better. Like if I was not as good, I mean, if I was better at you know doing it all like I yesterday I came to a show and there was a comic there and she had like her camera and her tripod and I felt like so like Ugh, fuck I'm not doing my homework she made me feel like I'm like behind in class but someday you know some sets are just for you some sets are just like I don't know you just want to fuck around and like feel it out not every set has to be perfect fuck you I'm like having my own conversations with my own mind but out loud for you guys to hear and judge that's good but yeah, so I reached out to get this fucking intern and uh, the guy who runs the intern office, you know, was called me and said, you know, there's not a lot of students because they're all gone for the summer and, they, you know, the school year starts in September again. But there is one comedy major girl. I'm like, oh, my God, incredible girl. I want a girl. You know, I want to work with more women. And, and they were like, yeah. And, you know, her stand she's doing a stand up major. And so I know she's looking for something in the field. And I'm like, oh, my God, let me know. And they're like, yeah, we're going to put it out to her. And we'll let you know. And that was like a week ago. And I don't think she wants to do it. <laughs> I think I got, I think it's like the most hurtful thing ever. Like as a person in comedy, my entire dream was that I was going to get out to LA and find like a mentor. And I did, you know, Kevin Nealon and Bill and Bobby, like they all helped me a lot. But like to, I, my dream was to have like a female comic to help me and to guide me and to mentor me, you know? And so I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to like present the chance to do that for someone. And then now the girl's like, nah, I don't want to do it. Nah. Well, I don't know. She hasn't said yes or no, but it is kind of funny that I'm like, I'm giving her this huge opportunity. And in her eyes, she's like, fuck this. Who? Is Angela Johnson not available for an internship? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I made fun of Dane Cook last night on stage, which was fun. Good for my soul. He did this thing where like there was an audience member and he, and she was feeling really kind of uncomfortable. And it's funny. It's fine. He was, you know, t asking her the last time she had sex and started to get like a little tense and a little weird. And her brother was sitting beside, beside her and he was like, have you guys ever, you know, it was funny and then kind of lighthearted. And, and then he like asked her when the last time was that she was like titty fucked. And then he like put his mic kind of in her face and was like, no, do it, do it. And I like, I don't know why I felt like so appalled by it. I was just like, ah, I don't know if it's just like, I just have this like weird anger towards him. I don't know just from my own experiences, but I was just like, ew, what the fuck? I mean, obviously moments later I was like making people look at my camel toe on stage. So I don't know that, that that's that much different, but I was just like so upset by it. I was like, ah, I was upstairs just talking shit. And when I came on stage, I switched my mic out and I was like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really feel like talking into Dane Cook's imaginary dick microphone. But yeah, I don't know. I've There's always been this part of me where it's like, even when I don't, when I dislike someone because they've like done something that hurt me or like, you know, they acted a certain way and I, and I don't like them. Like I've always made it about myself and been like, no, it's, it's your own insecurities. You're projecting or whatever. And now I'm finally like, no, I don't like that person. And that's okay. Like they've shown me nothing but like darkness and negativity and shitty attitude. And like, I'm finally going like, no, don't like it. Don't like him. Don't like the stuff he does. They offend me. They hurt my feelings. I think they're weird. And then to follow it, it's just always this like, I don't know. I just, I just, I also just don't like when comics, when light, we already know this. I just think it's rude. 
I'll do it like a, a minute maybe if I'm finishing a joke. But come on, dude. There's other people on the show. It's about the energy of the whole show. Like people that just think about themselves ruin everything for everyone. Yikes, she's getting dark again, baby. She's getting dark. She's going to the dark side. I just want to do music stuff now. I, I had the idea to do um, a collaborative project with a bunch of different comics. And so I hope that comes around and we actually do it. God damn, y'all. I have to clean my closet out. How long, how many episodes can I go and say, I got to clean my closet out? Oh, my friend Erica is calling me. Not right now. Sorry. We're doing this podcast. Or should I pick it up and be like, hey, what are you doing? I'm shooting my podcast. Can I call you back? No, I don't want to make you guys go through that. You already have to go through my own thoughts. But um, I do need suggestions. I always ask for you guys for stuff. I know I'm very needy. But um, as I start back up, like I wanted to make it more of a segmented show. We're like kind of feeling like feeling out the, the feeling of late night because I'm just putting this out there. I'm projecting this into the universe. There has not been a female late night talk show host. Okay. And yes, Chelsea did it. Carol Burnett did it. Joan Rivers did it. And, you know, Phyllis Dillard had a form of it share. But not in the way in the modern society accepts. Like this is a late night show on one of the networks. And, you know, I want to be that person. So I'm just putting it out there. So the universe is uh, hearing me, you know. What do you guys think? Vote now. If you think I should. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to put it out there. So I, um, so we're going to skew. I think for me, the podcast is skewing more towards that direction where I want to make it like more segmented. You know, we started to have segments. We were like, breathe Jade and Bravo. Ooh, speaking of Bravo. Oh boy. Oh my God. Oh my God. You guys look for the real housewives fans out there. The drama with Erica Jane has gone to like a next level, okay? Because everything with her husband, Tom Giraldi. By the way, am I saying his name right? I, I don't know. Dylan's not here. Dylan, help! Um, he was, so Erica Jane is like one of the real housewives of the Beverly Hills ones. She's like this gorgeous, like blonde Amazonian woman who like, you know, used to be a stripper, married this like older lawyer guy who's just like this badass lawyer and, you know, has songs that are like, it's expensive to be me. You know, she has this like alter ego. And I always thought, oh my God, Erica Jane, oh, incredible. I mean, I saw her at the MTV Unscripted Awards when I was holding my cap for my tooth that fell out in my purse and thinking, oh my God, she's so awesome. I'm so intimidated. I don't want to go take a photo with her. Self-made, you know, well, within the marriage and on the Real Housewives, always bragging about her money. And like, it kind of was like kind of a joke. You know, I never really took it seriously. And it didn't feel like she was either. I was like, I don't know. I just was like into it. Whatever persona she created, I'm like, I am all about it. Okay. And then I saw this documentary because all this stuff started coming out. You know, she got a divorce and it was very public. And and then all this stuff started coming out about him. Lawsuits against him from old clients. And I was kind of like, la, 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 la. You know, when you really like someone, even though you don't really know who they are, you're just like, but I don't want them to be ruined. Guess what? Sorry, but you got to know the truth. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Just because their art is incredible, like, doesn't mean they're incredible people. And it sucks that we have to separate it. But guess what? Like, I don't want to buy whatever a piece of shit is selling. Because then that you're feeding the problem. You're part of the problem. So anyway, there's this documentary that came out. Forgive me, I don't remember the name. But it's like behind the Erica Jane investigation. Or, you know, one of those like behind the scenes things. And, and I didn't know that her husband was like the, uh, like the lawyer. Like he was in the... Was it the Flintwater crisis? I don't know. He was like Aaron Brockovich's wedding. Or, oh my God, Aaron Brockovich's wedding? What are we doing? Am I drunk? Aaron Brockovich's case was like his case. He won her, you know, whatever, millions and millions of dollars. And at the time, I think it was like the biggest settlement in, like, in a court ever. Um, and, you know, he really fought for the people. He fought for clients who were like burnt and had horrible accidents and all this stuff. And then basically the documentary reveals that he was stealing their money and never giving them their settlements. Like there was this one kid named Joe and he was just at hot, like at his house with his girlfriend watching a baseball game. All of a sudden he heard this like little sound and then his house exploded and he was completely covered in burns, has to have like multiple surgeries throughout his, the rest of his life. His girlfriend fucking died in the fire. Their entire house was taken by this fucking explosion, this gas leak and obviously it wasn't their fault. There's nothing they could do, you know. 
And so they seek out the settlement lawyer. They go to Tom. They basically win. And, you know, this whole time he's calling them all the time, being very friendly, you know, telling them that they're the only family he cares about. And he's never cared about clients like them. And then there's another client that they talk about in the documentary. And it's this woman who basically like lost her libido after sex. And so she decided to go get this like implant. I forgot the name of it, but it's something that like women do post pregnancies and, you know, had a lot of complications. And I think she had some surgeries she had to do. You know, I'm sorry. Once you have a pussy surgery, it's over. Like that's never your fault. You know what I mean? Unless you're shoving weird stuff up there. Like, again, don't shove weird stuff in your vagina, guys. You can just put drugs in your dog's butts. No, I'm kidding. Um, But like, you know, any, I, that's very emotional for your genitals to be fucked up when it's not your fault. And you're supposed to be trusting these doctors and these doctors just fuck you over because they're just trying to sell medicine and make money for themselves. Like you, there's literally nobody you can trust anymore. Fuck. So they, they, they basically highlight these two clients in the, in the documentary and how, you know, he, he, they play these voice messages from him where they're like, you know, I care about you and, you know, blah, blah, blah is taking care of it. And he's just fucking lying to them. And he's just stealing money. And it's so crazy because they were so talkative about it. And like they were like bragging about it on The Real Housewives. And their assets were filmed. And like their properties were filmed. And like he basically like he did this. um, They taped the deposition because it was like all deposition, deposition. Wow, I'm really having a day where I can't remember words. But they take him to court and he basically goes, you know, I had 50, 80 million in cash. That's all gone. I had blah, blah, blah in stock. That's all gone. Basically just admits that he took all the money and, um, and now he's claiming that he has Alzheimer's and Erica Jane is like, I never knew. But then we find out that he, you know, took $20 million and invested it in her company, quote unquote. And, um, and now she's going through this public divorce and, you know, She's claiming that she didn't know anything about it. And, you know, I don't know whether she knows or, or doesn't know, but it just feels like her entire career, all the investments that he put towards her were like stolen money from these people who went through horrible, horrible things. And that's their money. And now a judge just ruled that they now these victims can get their money back from Erica Jane, basically. $11 million, just one of the cases. So it really is expensive to be you, fuck. I'm like, I'm so disappointed in the whole situation. It's such a bummer. It's like the most, it's the grossest thing. It's like a doctor literally lying to your face and then just taking your money as you get more and more ill and more and more helpless. I, I just hate people abusing their power to fuck other people. Like, do you not have empathy? Are people not born with empathy? Like I have so much empathy. It it, it hurts me. It enables me to like always self-sabotage myself because I always feel like I'm hurting somebody's feelings and that other people's feelings are more important than mine. So that's codependency. C O D E O. Oh my God. Did we see the smelling bee girl? Come on. She's so cute. Ah, I forget her name right now. She is so cute though. And she's like fucking G dude. She also broke some world records for dribbling and is going to be like a dope basketball player. Yes. Woman power. I should do a woman power of the week. Pew, 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 pew. She's incredible. Just all the shit she can do. When I was 12, I was like still learning how to speak English. I was going through all the, uh, all my eight millimeter tapes before I did the special, you know, just to have a little moment, like, look how far you've come. And th- I found this little tape of me singing that I posted and I'm singing Jewel and I'm like, who will say, you know, but I obviously don't sound good. I have an accent. I'm like dreams. Yeah. What I say was like sweet dreams for so long. I think I'm like sweet dream for so long, you know, like I have a fucking little accent and I'm so thin. I'm like, I'm not going like, I'm so thin. I'm going like, holy shit. Like, how did my tiny little fucking legs support the weight of my body? I look like scary thin in these vids. I'm like a little skeleton. We found all these dance videos where I'm like, come on, ride the train. I'll post them. It's so funny. It's just like me dancing. And I'm like a stick. Just so unflattering. (laughs) Just finding all these audition tapes and, you know, a retrospect, you're like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I suck. But that's where you were in the moment that you were there. You know, you got to allow yourself to grow. After my show, I also went to see my trombone player, Quinn Carson, fucking extraordinaire, play a show downtown. Not downtown. I don't know. Well, fuck it. Who cares where it was? But it was just the most moving, incredible. I mean, I haven't been to a live music show in a long time. 
besides my own. And it was just like, I was so in it. I mean, I had taken like a little bit of mushrooms and I was just like feeling just right. Little martini action. I've been like really into dirty martinis again. And I have such a pet peeve. Okay. This is my breathe for the day. Like when you go to the waiter and you're like, Hey, I really, I want a dirty martini with extra olives and it needs to be like dirty, 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 dirty. Like I won't be, I don't want to see through it. You know what I mean? Like she's like, of course, of course. And then she brings it out and it's crystal clear. You're like, this has been, what, what did you, like, how could you just lie? You just lied to my face. You said, yes, I understand. Like I was such a good fucking waiter. It pisses me off so much when people are just so aloof. Like, I know you work in like a fancy Hollywood place, sweetheart, and you like want to be an actress, but guess what? Like maybe do well at this and the universe will hear you and get you out of this situation. Anyway, so I had a couple of dirty martinis and he started playing the trombone and it was just this weird, like, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's considered acapella because it's an instrument, but it was just just him, just the trombone. And there was these long, like pulled out notes. And I just like, I felt emotional. It was just so beautiful. And then a couple people went up and sang, did this like new rendition of this Billie Eilish song. And you know how I feel about Billie Eilish. I was feeling it. I was like, <gasps> and then, you know, a trumpet went up and I have to agree with my friends like trumpet's fun like it's like but you know and it's cool to like harmonize against a trombone but like the trumpet alone that sound like kind of annoys me it's like too high art like too like high pitched for me i'm like bring the trombone back but they had like multiple you know percussion instruments on stage it was just like oh it was just such a night of music we went to um tramp stamp granny granny tramp stamp i don't forget the name i gotta get better about names jesus like telling us i'm literally like telling a story like i'm a mom i'm like you know that you know that place at the mall you know the mall the mall the play the store to the left to the left of the shoot like no tramp stamp grannies we went there and there was um a woman playing piano and and singing and she was just like fucking insane good just there's so much talent out there sometimes it feels overwhelming you're like how do i even stand out there's people who are like genuinely better at this, but like maybe they don't have the drive or maybe they don't have the discipline. And it takes this like perfect, like this perfect combination of like talent, drive, luck, persistence, and fucking trauma. <laughs> oh, speaking of trauma, what a transition. Speaking of trauma, anybody who's here, who's, who's in for some trauma talk? Trauma talk with Jade Catapretta. It's just us screaming at each other like, ah, I want to have a show like that. Trauma Talk with Jade Catapretta. Hi, my guest for today is blah, blah, blah. And then I just give him a pillow and we both scream into a pillow like. But speaking of trauma, for real, the fucking Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville, Virginia, my hometown after Brazil, is finally being taken down. After all these years and people fighting to get it down, obviously we want it down. Like, why do we want to, we don't want to romanticize that part of history where people were being killed for the color of their fucking skin and enslaved. And then all these white men taking credit for all their work. Fuck that. I don't want to live in a town like that. And Charlottesville's like, you know, there's a mixture. There's some old school folks who have, are backwards there. And there's some new school folks that are like really, you know, driving the culture and it's so exciting it's down fuck you robert e lee no longer celebrated in charlottesville it's beautiful and the mayor is just like this beautiful black woman i was just like well i mean what how much growth is that it feels like just yesterday there's a bunch of creepy fucking dudes in white khakis just driving through crowds of people that was such a scary time and it sucks because it's like charlottesville's such a cool little weird town like I didn't want that to put it on the maps, but it kind of did. It's like, remember the riots in Charlottesville? Like, oh, fuck. I was there during one. And it just looked like all my exes from fucking high school. I'm like, oh, great. Well, there's Chad and Brad and Mike and Thomas. Fuck, dude. Too many fucking weird memories when you're a kid, you know? But women are more woke now, and that's the exciting part. And it is changing. Since the beginning of this podcast... I do feel a shift. The comedy store has been a shift. There's a female booker there. She's fucking crushing. She's putting up more females. Like I was on a lineup with four women the other day. That's that's insane. But I do feel like people are like going full out. I, I, I also feel like my immune system can't handle being a normal person anymore. Like, you know, because we were like basically in incubation. We were like little bubble boys. 
hanging out in our own little fucking tiny apartments in our own little circles. And now you go out and it's like, I feel sick after every night of going out. Like even if I'm not raging, if I'm just like, if I just go hang out with a friend and smoke a spliff and I come back, it's over. I think our immune systems got like digressed and now we can't even do the simplest things. And it's like, it's weird because like I'll go and shake elbows in the beginning of the night. You know, I start to go like, yeah, this is safer. This is cool. People get it, you know, like because people used to really judge me because I am, I do love hugging, but I just like want to be cautious and then it's like, you'll tow somebody's elbow, you know, and then you hug somebody else and they see it. And you're like, no, I swear, oh, well, maybe we should hug. You know, you feel bad. <laughs> like, I swear I'm not just hugging him and then not hugging you. Dude, dude, dude. It's fucking 80 outside. It's miserable heat. After that rehearsal where it was too hot, I'm like against the sun all of a sudden. Maybe I need to get out and get some D. Not, not dick, vitamin D. And Claritin D. That stuff makes you fly. I was just thinking back on a, like I'm trying to write jokes about my family's codependency. And I've told you guys, we were always like in the same dressing room at, dressing room at Gap, you know, just all of us squeeze in there. And I, I was thinking about how one of my favorite things as little kids, like when my dad or my mom would get sunburned, me and my sister would just like peel their backs off. Like when we would compete to see who could get like the biggest chunk in one sitting. That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> What'd you do today? Oh, hung out. We went, you know, out to brunch as a family. Oh, yeah. I We sat and watched TV as I peeled my dad's back. <laughs> That's strange. As, you're in a, as you become an adult, you start to realize all the strange decisions your family's made, you know? I don't know. Like, you know, my parents like very loving people they did the best they could they're wonderful we all we have a very good relationship right now as a family you know we have this great therapist named winks we love her and we're really working on our communication and like being a stable family but like as a kid i didn't even understand that it was chaotic and i don't think that i really ever had a perfect example of what like a adult relationship looks like but i mean does anybody like if your parents they might have like a great relationship, but they'll fuck you up in another way, you know? Oh my God, this cramp is fucking killing me. It's true, it's killing me. What would happen if men got cramps? Would they just be angry like, babe, leave me alone, I'm getting a fucking cramp. Babe, I want wings. <laughs> Why is it fun to make fun of bros? Why is it so fun? Everyone keeps calling me like, don't they know I'm in my fucking closet? talking through it to you guys I don't know I it's summertime I'm gonna be in New York it's gonna be hot as fuck and I'm so excited honestly if you guys are out there please come out I like can't take I can't take the anxiety of selling tickets and being like a promotional person like I thought I could I won an award in high school for, for jump rope for heart because I sold like the most jump rope for heart things. Cause I was like, it was one of those things. Like if you sell enough jump rope for heart tickets, you'll get like a bike or a stereo. I was like a stereo. Oh, and I think one of the things was like a cell phone that takes photos. And I was like a cell phone that takes photos. What? You know? So, um, I was like really into selling at that time, but I, now it's just like exhausting. I feel like I'm just constantly selling, selling, selling. I'm just like, a salesperson. That's what com. That's what comics are. We're salespeople. We're constantly trying to sell our brand and our idea and our like things to you. But it's just like exhausting selling tickets. Like just getting the tickets together for this show. Just that fucking killed me, you guys. Honestly, I was like, please, please come. Like begging every single friend. No wonder I had that feeling on stage. Like they don't want to be here. Ugh, I got to get rid of clothes, you guys. Can someone come over and just please do that for me? Please. This morning I was in bed and I heard Cheryl, my, my little doggy dog, she was uh, out on the balcony barking. That's what it sounded like. And I was like, what is she doing? Did someone walk by? Like she hates skateboards. So I was like, did a skateboarder go by? And then I woke up and I was like, hey, it's a brand new day. And then there was just vomit all over the living room. <laughs> it was like dog vomit everywhere. I did give her a tiny bit of roasted chicken last night. And that's what did it. I mean, I hope. Or she's a purger and I don't know about it. But she was trying to tell me that's what happened. Isn't that sad? She was like literally just barking to get me. And I was like, Cheryl, shut up. You know, she was communicating with me, guys. And I did not understand. I should have gotten up and checked. But you know what? If I would have found that vomit at like five in the morning, it would have been even worse. Just 
cleaned it, sprayed a little bit of Chanel on it, and called it a day. The rug, getting this rug here was one of the hardest things. It was, it's this beautiful Japanese rug that my grandmother bought when she lived in Japan with my grandpa and my dad. And so she brought it from Japan to Brazil, to her apartment in Brazil, and had it for many years there in perfect mint condition, and then brought it from Brazil to Charlottesville, Virginia, you know, the place with all the riots, and um, had it there for many years. Again, pristine, clean, perfect, colored, not even lost. I mean, like she just bought it, you know? And then from Charlottesville, Virginia, I decided to take it to New York City, Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Had it there for a few years. I kept it pretty clean, but you know, once again, it's not my grandma's anymore, so it's getting some damage to it. And then I brought it from Brooklyn, New York to LA. I like it got lost in transit. I didn't think I thought it was lost forever. Finally, like a month later, it arrived here in LA and it's been here in LA for a couple of years and it's getting fucking destroyed. Destroyed. It's hard, man. I just have one tiny dog. Can you imagine if I had kids? All my shit would be fucked up. I mean, my boyfriend fucks half of my shit up anyway. Just like, I got to get better at just things have wear and tear. Like if it was up to me, I know it's very like destructive and like horrible for the environment. I would just buy everything new, fresh every year. <laughs> That's aggressive and like way too, way too aggressive. I don't need to do that. But you know, it's that OCD. It's that OCD, baby. I sang a song about OCD on the, on the special and it was so so many women afterwards came up to me and they're like oh my god I'm that person that goes back into the house to check if the straight iron the straight iron is on that's me I'm like oh my god me too oh my god what are we doing has it been long enough I feel like it's been about 40 minutes oh 4138 I guessed it should I do a musical just about cramps? Just about a period, the musical. Has it been done before? Would you come see it? The Waitress is back on Broadway. Very excited. Sarah Bareilles. Once again, if you guys haven't seen that show, is incredible. And in the theater, they like make tiny little pies and it smells like pie. Oh, I would love to be on a Broadway show. Having a touring comedy Broadway show. Mm. I watched Hacks the other day all the way through. Binged it. Incredible show. Just like a standing ovation. Incredible. So jealous and so inspired. And it's so fun seeing like so many of my friends in it. And, you know, I have my bitter moments. Like, wow, she's made it now. She had that one catapulting moment. And I'll get mine, you know. But like it was just so um, inspiring to see like an older female comic storyline do so well. And, you know, how, I don't know, it was, it was kind of hard to watch how so much of her personal relationship had been ruined by her um, career success. And I wonder if you do have to pick one or you can really have it all. Write me. Let me know. <laughs> oh, guys. Is it kind of weird that you can't see me, you know, this whole time? Like I always had a camera and you could kind of tell what I was like doing. Looking back on the podcast, it's so crazy how much longer my hair's grown and how much more open I feel now. I'm trying to log on right now to Patreon so I can uh, give you guys a little shout out. I had some drop and you know that's natural when you miss a whole fucking week of what you're supposed to be doing. I understand. It won't happen again. I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be taking it. Hopefully I'll do some funny interviews. I'm going to maybe try to get my mom to do one. But let me know who you'd want to hear, you know? I'm trying to get into this fucking thing. All right. Here we go. Come on. Come on. This whole podcast is just me trying to reset passwords. You know what? I can't get into my Patreon for some fucking reason right now, but I know there was a new Patreon and I want to shout you out. So I'll shout you out next time. But obviously, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a million. Oh, this is fun. I'll tell you guys this. I don't know if I should share this yet, but okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck it. So, you know, I'm going out of town. Obviously, there's a thing, there's a saying in LA, when you want to book work, you book a flight because immediately you'll book something. But I'm in the running. I have this old friend who I haven't seen in years from Charlottesville, who's also in the biz and I don't know where he reached out and was like, hey, I'm working on a reboot of Legends of the Hidden Temple, which, oh my God. Are you guys familiar with this? I grew up with like Nickelodeon shows and, you know, TGIF um, materials. It was like TGIF was like this lineup of like sh a bunch of shows that would happen on Friday night and you'd like get together with your friends to watch it. 
unlike streaming shit now. You know, you can do it whenever you want. Everything is just so, ah, it's so easy to get to. But there was this show called Legends of the Hidden Temple. And it was basically like this like physical competition show with kids where they had like trivia. And then they had to go through these like, I guess like these courses. I don't know, these like obstacle courses. And then they would have to like go into this Mayan temple. And some of the things were like art and then other things were like come to life and grab you like I was always very creeped out by like the ink and Mayan things and it was just like hilarious just like a kid's show you know and there was like different teams and the different teams I don't know what they were different were they different hieroglyphics I don't know why they were called they were just like different animals maybe I really should do my research but there was like I always think of the blue barracudas I always like like the blue barracudas I'm like that's who I'm cheering for the blue barracudas I don't even knew I don't even think no I knew that it was like a fish like a barracuda that's cool but anyway they are they're uh they're looking for a new host and so I'm in the running now and that's very exciting to me I've always wanted to like reboot a classic show oh the soup I did the soup <laughs> remember that I think I'm finally going to do a little post where I have some closure about it you know the opportunities that come and go it's like it's hard f- to make them not define you but honestly it's just like it's just something I did it's not like who I am. I know that seems like a very obvious statement, but I kind of have to remind myself sometimes. Like what you do is not who you are. But then who am I? Who am I? Write me. Let me know. <laughs> I, I'm, I did a thing for the special because it was called The Jade is a Jade. I did this thing where before the show, I got a bunch of people. I, you know, we went around with the camera and we were like, what is a Jade? And we're going to get it together. And I'm so excited to see what people, what people said. God, you guys, I can't wait to show it to you. I hope it's good. There's this moment where I do this song that's called Sensi to the Max, like sensitive to the max, you know, and I always go out in the audience and I go, Sensi to the max, ooh, so sensi, yeah. And then I ask them to say, Sensi to the max. I don't know why, but every time they go, Sexy to the max. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm like being really sexual, so I think it drives them. It's like that, you know, that wordplay game where you go, you point to a bunch of white stuff. You go, what color is this? And people go, white. What color is this? White. What color is this? White. What color is this? White. And then you go, what do cows drink? And they go, milk. Because immediately your brain goes to like, it's white. And you know, and they don't drink milk. They drink water. You know what I mean? So it's like a little fuckery of a game, a little mind trick. And I think that's what happens, you know, because I'm like being really sexual. And then I'm like, sensey to the max. And they're like, sexy to the max. But anyway, and then like I go under the ground and I bring the camera and the camera was just like just above me. And I just had this moment of like, the most freedom I've ever felt. You know, I always talk about like, I want to be like Eric Andre and just have like my dick out, you know, just like, well, I don't care. And that's how it felt. It felt like my dick was out. And I was just like, and I was like grinding on the ground. Like, and then when I went to get up, I was like, oh, my back, you know, now that world or we just have to accept that, you know, our backs are just going to go out every once in a while when we cough or sneeze or fart. That's it. Nobody tells you when you're a kid, like, enjoy it while it lasts, kid. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scared all the time. Like that building collapsed in Florida. And now anytime like anything moves or there's like any little sound, I'm like, oh my God, my building's about to collapse. I don't want my building to collapse. It's fucking scary. What's your biggest fear? I want to, I would be interested in seeing, I should do a poll for people's biggest fear. Cause I think public speaking is like number one. And then like fear of flying. Oh, by the way, speaking of flying, I was watching that show manifest or manifesto. Sorry if you guys are part of it, but oh, yikes real stretch of a storyline. They get on a plane and then when the plane lands, it's been five years and they were like pronounced dead, obviously, but somehow for them, it's just the day before. And like, she happens to be a police officer and now they hear all these voices and somebody on the plane was like a cancer researcher. It's just the whole thing is like, what are we doing? I feel like it's going to be one of those lost situations where like I get invested in it. And then at the end, it's like, they're all dead. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I did I ruin Lost for you guys? Have you guys not watched Lost? Well, you're behind, okay? It's not on me anymore. I know there's a, a fight tonight. Well, by the time this comes out, it won't be, but you and McGregor is fighting tonight. My friend is watching. Maybe I'll watch. Maybe I'll just go to the movies by myself and go watch a movie. Oh, I'm excited. I haven't been back to the movies. You know how everybody has like their snack? My favorite thing to get when I'm like really picking out and I don't care and I'm eating candy, I go... Popcorn, add a little 
little butter. And the trick is you get the box, you know? So then you get some like raisinets or some other chocolate and you push it in there. Like, you know, peanut M&Ms is also a good choice. And you mix it all in the box, you know, so you don't have to put your hand all the way in the bag. And that's how you movie with Jade Catabretta. <laughs> Maybe I just like hearing and saying my name because everybody says it wrong. People literally have like brain aneurysms when they go say my name. And so many people that I've known for so many years still come up to me and go, Jada. And I don't have the heart. It's not in me. I don't have the, cap- the capacity to go, oh, it's, it's actually Jade. Like, who am I? I'm correcting you. But you know what I mean? It's kind, of, it's kind of fucked up. Like, learn my fucking name. Learn my real name. Don't put me in the position where I have to correct you. Well, guys, I've really fallen apart and come back up. My cramps have kind of subdued since we started talking. So, wow, thank you guys for that. And I'm so sorry that I, I'm not shouting out my Patreons, but I will shout you guys out. There's going to be just a few more on the road. And then we are back to video, back to reality. And honestly, all the stuff I ask for you guys, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I, I like to be interactive on Patreon. So come and talk to me. I'll talk back. Let me know if you're going to be in the city while I do any shows. And uh, thank you guys for your continued fucking support. Honestly, it's like, it's been really crazy, but I love it. And I do feel like our little community is growing. Somebody said little manos. And I love that. Zach, I think Zach, you've recommended that. That's really cool. Little manos, like, you know, like Lady Gaga has like little monsters. I have my little manos. And manos means dude in Portuguese, if you guys aren't, you know, with it. <laughs> Um, anyways, it's been really nice hanging out with you guys. Um, oh, please take off your shoes when you're inside my house. Oh, no. What if I'm just like pretending you guys are a guest in my house? That made no sense. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes you throw spaghetti on the wall and it doesn't land. But um, thank you guys for sticking with me. I fucking love you. You've been jaded. Hey, jaded, jaded like you anticipated. Hey, haters gonna hate it. And yeah, it's X-rated. Love my words. Get you faded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.